but the great thing about what we do is that we're always at a convention um, every weekend, so we can test those markets. Um, so instead of saying, I make this thing and then put it out to sale, um, I don't know what the price it is. But at the very least, we have marketplace. We have a sales channel to go out and saying test the market. If it didn't sell, we know that that's not the price. But if it sells really crazy, then we just raise the price to match the uh, uh, market demand. You're listening to Chief Executive Ante, the podcast exploring the work lives of Asian Americans beyond the conventional doctor, lawyer, and engineer. I'm your host, Jennifer Duan Faltz. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Jeff Basladinsky, co-founder of Two Bros and a Bard, which creates handcrafted wood and bronze items inspired by nerddom. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Oh, thank you. So I love your business and your business model and the concept so much. Tell me a little bit about what it is that you really do. Well, um, we're two bros in a, in a bard, and we specialize in doing nerd-inspired wooden bronze art. Um, we do a little bit of everything. Um, we started doing this company making small handcraft items like jewelry, necklaces, um, things like that. It was mostly from when I apprenticed at one of my friend's place. Um, he made exotic wooden puzzles, and we took all the scraps and we started making little things. And I made it for my wife at the time. Um, and then people were surely trying to egg me on and saying, hey, you should go to cons. Um, I'm part of the con world. I love going to anime shows, uh, comic cons, things like that. Um, and I really wanted to say, you know what, uh, maybe I should just actually try it out. So my uh, good friend, my co-business uh, partner, um, he and I have been together for, God, uh, since first grade. So I've known this guy for over 25 years. Um, and he went to art school and got um, involved in doing bronze casting as his craft. But he went to school for it. I didn't go to school for woodworking. I just basically was fiddling with wood for a long time since we were kids, but never professional level um, until about four years ago when I quit my IT job and doing that. So the big thing was uh, we were just basically um, having fun, trying to figure some things out, and really uh, initially just trying to figure out ways going to conventions uh, to pay for and have fun um, without paying ourselves. Um, so we nowadays, um, our business plan is basically just making jokes and making those jokes laser engraved on our handcrafted <laughs> products. But we do a lot. We do a lot. What's your favorite nerdy property or universe? My ner favorite nerdy property or universe? Um, oof, that is a hard one without uh, uh, getting shot. Um, <laughs> Star Trek is definitely my, my fandom. Um, I love Star Trek since I was a little. Um, but I'm one of those few people that actually love Star Wars as well. So, yeah. Um, but if I had to choose, like, you know, a, someone in a white suit was about to shoot me, I, I'll still live. I, will, I would definitely save uh, Star Trek as my favorite fandom of everything. I'm a Star Wars girl. I watched, I've only seen the new Star Treks and I didn't hate them. So I'm not like militantly anti-Star Trek or anything. I'm also big into Lord of the Rings. Yes, my, my wife is huge in Lord of the Rings as well. I is love she, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Is she the bard in Two Bros and a Bard? Uh, she is actually going to be transitioning into becoming a bro. Um, so <laughs> she's, um, and I'm transitioning to become the bard because apparently um, with the way that we do things when we go to shows, I uh, am very outspoken and um, energetic. So I really have this charisma where I bring people into this, uh, to our shop or really uh, do a lot of the showmanship things. I uh, almost so, asked you what your charisma stat is. <laughs> oh, it's maxed out for sure. Oh, good. Just like okay. the bard. So I will be coming the bard um, and then my wife will be coming the, the bro. And she'll be actually part of an equal partner since um, our business has uh, accelerated to the point where we need help. <laughs> uh, and uh, having some organizational skills like my wife will have. Because um, everything with the way that we've been running our company has been chaos. Uh, <laughs> chaotic we, evil or chaotic, at least chaotic neutral? <laughs> Let's just say chaos, chaos. Okay, uh, it's, it's definitely chaos squared at the very least. Um, maybe chaos cube, but uh, everything has been really projecting on. Um, we started this company as more or less a joke, um, and we kept on going with this joke to the point where it's a real entity and a real business. To the point where we have payroll <laughs> and uh, and so forth. We just look at our original business plan and we're like, we are so beyond our original assessment of where we thought this company would go um, that now we're thinking of other things and just making jokes to the, to the point where we're now launching uh, um, secondary companies based off this. And to really truly see where a lot of our friends or family or even other people who are now coming to us and saying, we love your company, we love what you uh, would like to um, help you out in some sort of capacity. Uh, I mean, it, it's very endearing for us um, to see where we can really go, f at least push the joke further. Um, but we do a lot and we have fun at it. So that's that's the important thing. And make sure and you can and as long as you can pay the bills. That's funny that you have payroll and now you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, how you know? do I do this thing? I think the first time I had to hire a subcontractor for a project, I was like. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> well, it helps out um, because, so Brennan, my business partner, um, he's, uh, he went to college and did art school. So he's very creative. Um, he's on the other spectrum. So I'm much more of an extrovert and he's much more an introvert. So that's why we pair very well. Um, so, and the thing is, is that since we've, we've had such a very long history together, um, we did our Eagle Scouts project together. We went to school together. The only time we've never really been together, um, was during our college phase. Um, but we would visit each other and so forth here and there. I did trips and things like that. Um, and now that we're pulling in all of our, um, our backgrounds together, our experiences, um, you know, uh, even though he's an artist person, he has an engineering mind and so do I. So I went to engineering school at NC State uh, University, um, but I'm much more uh, math oriented and he's much more creative and um, I guess you could say fluid. Uh, so he sees things a little bit differently. Um, and even though that we try to do the same objective, uh, we may not uh, come to the same way, uh, but the objective is still the same. And um, so I can trust him on doing some things. And then, uh, um, and then others is like, I don't know if I trust myself, maybe I need to get a third party. So at least uh, we kind of like back and forth and seeing uh, what, how do we do this? And, and sometimes, uh, when we work ourselves almost to the point of exhaustion and death, uh, um, <laughs> it's it's just nice to have um, somebody there to just say, hey, 
uh, that's stupid. Here's a simple 30 second solution <laughs> instead of three hours of banging your head against the right, wall. Right, right. And that actually actually has happened. Um, when we first got our laser machine, um, I spent six hours trying to set this up. I couldn't get the thing working. And it's a, a, a Chinese uh, laser machine that honestly, the manual was in Chinese. I had to go talk to my mom. Um, <laughs> Perfect. But it wasn't like... Uh, uh, really apparent and at the time I was just so sleep deprived that I couldn't figure it out and then he comes in um, and it's like what does this thing mean this 3-84 like hi hey I know where that setting is uh, it's over here he spent maybe 10 seconds walked through the door and like figured out the problem <clears throat> even though that uh, he didn't know there was a problem um, <laughs> so you know so that's how we really mix and match and uh, we pair things out What's your wife's background? I'm just curious. Uh, my wife is from Brazil, and she has a, a wide repertoire of background as well. So she went to college down uh, down in Brazil and came to the States and did some college here as well. So she was really, um, she's very uh, um, organized and, and oriented. Uh, she did a lot of office work, clerical work um, as her background. So trying to bring her in, uh, cause she knows whenever she goes to our office, it's like chaos. It's like cats came in, just threw everything on the floor and we don't even have cats. So, uh, just trying to, uh, organize the chaos that we do, but every section that we do trying to organize something, we make more chaos someplace else. Right. Um, so sometimes my wife just basically, I, I just walks away. <laughs> I had to work, um, I shouldn't say had to, I worked in a real estate office for almost two years. And that was actually one of the more valuable experiences in my life because it did force me to learn, one, to learn about business because I don't have a business background. Um, and it just taught me like, okay, here, you know, you have to have processes, especially if you're working with multiple people, you have to have ways to keep things organized and, you know, I'll never say that that was my dream job, but it's actually one of the most valuable work experiences that I've had. So it sounds like you've got a lot of really good complementary skill sets. Well, you got to have, you have to diversify your party, right? You can't all be barbarians. You got to have like your cleric and of course. your bard and your rogue. And <laughs> I mean, everyone has that plan, right? Of where right. if, if the world went to shit, who is your doctor, right? Like, <laughs> who's going to really help you out? Uh, um, who's going to collect and find all the loot in the world in, in case Armageddon happens tomorrow? Um, I know all the nerds that I've ever talked to, every nerd has a plan of that, even though that we could probably never pick up more than five pounds, <laughs> right? Uh, but everybody has that, that contingency plan, or at least planning of, of, you know, if we had to go play WoW, who's going to do what class, and who's going to be support, who's going to do the DPS, and things like that. Um, and for us, uh, um, we have that level of skill set with our, our company. And it's not just uh, just us two anymore. You know, my wife's a, a part of the company. And we've got uh, two full-time employees, and we're bringing in uh, part-time employees um, here and there. And then we have our sales force uh, when we go out to conventions. Um, so all in all, our small company that started less than three years ago, now it's probably 10 people all in all uh, of, of where we're growing. And 
we're, we have a wait list of people that wanting to work with us and like people give us resumes and we're like, we are not professional. <laughs> we, uh, don't give us resumes. We have no idea what to do with this. Uh, if you, we don't, if we print it out, if you give us some paper, it's just going to basically sit over here on the side of this corner of the office and maybe at one point, maybe be turned into a paper airplane. Um, but like we play things, uh, uh, you know, uh, to our strengths and advantages. So the people that are with us, um, like we don't say do this and do that. We just basically want, when we bring people in, we want them to be energized um, and passionate about the things that they want to do. So we have uh, one of our latest hires. We hired her on about a month ago or so to help us craft in the workshop. Um, but she's actually a software engineer. Um, so uh, this is not really a more or less her background of doing, you know, craft things, but she actually has her own craft. So she's an artist, um, part-time doing her small things. Uh, so she start drawing and doodling and now, uh, and we're trying to like help her out and try and create her. So she's a graphic designer for us too. So she has made some, uh, artwork that we laser engraved on some keychains and things like that. Um, and she started doing her, promo her own promotion. So I've been helping her out, uh, of trying to launch her own specific brand of saying, Hey, you love her, her kooky little art of a hammerhead, like a fun little thing. And she made some t-shirts and it was uh, very successful, especially the small batch that she did. And then she does uh, lapidary. So she does, um, uh, rocks like polished rocks and make them into jewelry and when she was with us at dragon con uh this past year uh she she never really made more than a couple pieces here and there and i really pushed her saying hey if we're gonna go there there's the opportunity there we have a lot of our products whatever products you have it doesn't really affect my business like um you're gonna find a person that's gonna value your artwork your craft and you're gonna find them and then they do the sale um, my background is marketing and my background is also, well, a lot of 10 other things. Um, <laughs> I did IT, did software engineering, uh, graphic design, web development. Um, at, at, at one point I was stupid enough to go into photography while well, I went Me to photography. Too. <laughs> hey, high five. Woo. Um, but, uh, I went to photography school and did commercial photography. And I think that's where most of my, um, business savviness came from because, photography world is hellaciously bad um, in terms of business. Uh, so if you're bad at business and you're a good photographer, uh, you could tank real fast. Um, yeah. And uh, But if you're a good business person and a good photographer, you can still tank. And that's the thing that is crazy is that photography is very similar to the fashion world where even if you're a good talent and a good business, business person, that if you don't have the charisma and, and don't have the networking abilities, uh, um, that your business won't survive. Um, and it, unlike every other traditional businesses where you have other service um, or retail or other products and things like that, um, that's uh, um, something that I learned uh, when I interned with a couple of professional photographers uh, based in Florida. And they were the ones that really helped me in learning the business side of that. And when you can learn the business side of something as uh, um, crazy as photography, uh, um, then it kind of applies to everything else. And marketing, uh, um, you can do that in any company. And that's mm -hmm. why when I went to state, um, I did uh, marketing because everybody needs marketing. It's it's the most quintessential thing in every business plan. Like even the most boring companies in the world have marketing and they have 
marketing advertisement budgets. So, you know, you always have to cut through the clutter of saying, do you need um, services for uh, for uh, plumbing? You know, the it's a very uh, safe and uh, easy business to get into, but there are a lot of plumbers and it's a service industry. Um, but the same thing uh, on retail products of like Macy's, things like that, you got to bring people in the door um, and that's just another, another marketing. It's like, why would you go to Macy's if you go to Target and so forth? So. Yeah. It sounds like you have managed to use most of your assortment of skills, though, in, in the company that you have now. Did you build your website? Um, we initially did build our website, but now we just use Shopify. Oh, sure. Um, because uh, as much, <laughs> yeah, as much as I would love to do web development, um, I'm so far out of the game by I don't know five, seven years at this point that just trying to keep up with security updates and things like that is. Um, it's probably That's, not the best use of your time. No, no. The, my, my best use of time is just keep on telling jokes and <laughs> trying to get people in, involved in the company. Um, so you have to pick and choose. And I think that's where um, I tell people is like you always, whenever you, well, the first thing I tell people whenever they want to start a business is business plan. <laughs> it is the simplest thing. It, and everyone, and it, and it trips me up um, every single time whenever someone says, uh, um, but I don't want to know. I don't know how to do it. It's like, yeah, you do. It's easy. You just, even if it's simple where you just uh, create a one page uh, document, do bullet points. The, you have to find what your market is who your market is, what you're making, how much it costs, and what your price point would sell. Um, and even us till today, we still don't know some of our prices on things that we do because we're making new things every time. Um, so, But the great thing about what we do is that we're always at a convention um, every weekend, so we can test those markets. Um, so instead of saying, I make this thing and then put out to sale, um, I don't know what the price it is. But at the very least, we have marketplace. We have a sales channel to go out and saying test the market. If it didn't sell, we know that that's not the price. Right. But if it exactly. sells really crazy, then we just raise the price to match the uh, market demand. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's so nice that you have that such a frequent opportunity for market research because I, I see sometimes you know, more like in the one person businesses like freelancers, and they spend a lot of time developing some kind of product or service. And they spend ages and ages and ages, not that I've ever done this before, <laughs> ages and ages developing a product or a service, and then they bring it to market. And it's just like crickets. And it's like, Oh, did you talk to anybody who needs this? Did you look and see where the need is? So that's really great that you have the opportunity to do market research. So you're at cons every weekend? Every weekend. Um, sometimes uh, we're at a convention two, three uh, um, in a weekend. Uh, so we have our, uh, that's why we have 10 people when we, when we do three cons. Like the start of this year, um, we had three cons in one weekend. Um, and it got to the point where one of the conventions kind of like uh, shut down early. My wife was doing it, um, uh, Greens, Greensboro Comic Con. And I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then uh, Brendan, my business partner, he was in Raleigh for a different convention. Um, and so in Greensboro, a snowstorm was coming in, and they canceled Sunday show. And my wife called me on, on Saturday, right when the show was about to end, and she was like, oh, I didn't want to call you and disturb you, but uh, I, they're, they're, 
they're not doing tomorrow. And she thought that I was going to get angry and upset. Like, oh man, we lost a sales day. And then I was like, no, <laughs> drive come to here. <laughs> come here now. I'm, I'm out of product. You have product come here now and we're going to have fun. So she ended up uh, packing up uh, on Saturday and just come straight down to Charlotte. And we had a great time. We sold even more stuff. And I told people uh, when I was still um, at the show, because uh, my show went on for an extra two hours uh, for Saturday, that I said, come back tomorrow. I don't have anything here today. Everything's sold out. Just come back tomorrow and I will have new things. And everyone's like, how will you have new things? Are you making stuff in your, in your hotel room? And yes, I'm like, I am. I bring my, yes. bring my stuff to the hotel. <laughs> well, that's also the thing is that we routinely always bring craft stuff and we do make stuff in our hotel room. Uh, like Dragon Con two years ago, I actually um, did not sleep for four days. I was, when we were doing the sales at the show floor, the second that we get ended up, I went to the hotel. Like, I, we actually physically upgraded our booth every single day. Like, we built a new wall, we had some new things, some wall art, uh, we built a gate, uh, I built a new sign, um, like this four foot sign that uh, I had to paint in the, uh, the bathroom of the hotel. And I didn't have a paintbrush, so I used my sock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there's photos of this online, uh, and people are like, wow, that's uh, ridiculous. And then they see the sign the next day, and they're like, you didn't sleep, did you? And they're like, yeah, I didn't sleep at all. So. You should get like an old school bus or something, rip all the seats out, and have it be a mobile workshop. Um, that's called two bros and a bus. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, no, we've, we've thought this through. No, we have um, business plans. Um, and that's the great thing. Uh, and I tell people, even if you have crazy kooky ideas, um, write a business plan. Even if it's a one simple um, abstract, one page of saying, as simple, as stupid as two bros in a bus. What is it? Oh, it's a mobile workshop with tools in the back. You do your crafts and you have a, uh, a studio or even a, um, a bed in there. So that way it subverts costs of uh, staying in hotels and whatnot. You know, and that's what you just basically do, and it's it's a, it's a thinking exercise. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and it's and I and we did this um, at for business school. Um, is even if you do thought process, you never really um, actually execute the plan. It's just a great example of saying what would be the cost involved? How much is a truck? How much is all the tools? How much would it cost in gas just to move all of this stuff uh, from point A to point B? Um, but then when it sounds silly and kooky, but then when you go through the exercise, then you actually say, oh, actually, this actually works. This might work. Like, uh, and then when we thought this through, uh, Nissan uh, uh, launched their mobile workshop van like a week later um, at one of the conventions. Uh, not the, our conventions. They, it was a car convention in, in uh, Europe because they have a huge van, um, uh, whatever, the people out there. So they were launching this new van and we're like, oh, we can go to Nissan and they could just make <laughs> us a full size van with all the tools as woodworkers. And we can and they have these fab, uh, fabulous uh, background scenes where they're like in Ireland and Switzerland and doing people uh, doing woodcraft in their shop, little mobile shop. And then we just fantasize and thinking, oh, how wonderful will that be? And then, then we were like, it's only it's only being made in Europe. And you can't import it because uh, it doesn't pass code here in the U.S. And so now our, our whole hearts goes like, oh, I guess we have to make it ourselves. <laughs> Which would be appropriate. My mom goal is if we have another kid, I want a minivan that has a vacuum cleaner built into it. Because which they make those. They have yes. those. But um, because I think there's like an entire box of Cheerios 
in my car, just like scattered in various places. So that's my dream. Um, that is called the Chrysler Pacifica 2020. <laughs> the, uh, brand new on the market. Uh, I, I'm not being paid by Chrysler. Uh, they have that now. It's standard for that things, and, and they were marketing that to us uh, earlier. But I need like a wet vac too. A wet vac? Because, um, just yes. have a dry, a dry wet vac <laughs> shop vac in the back. Or just open the windows in a car wash. <laughs> oh, with the kids still in? That's <laughs> no. called a shower as well. Oh, so where and when do you actually do the crafting besides your hotel room at a convention? So we have a commercial workshop um, where, where we live in Apex, North Carolina. And it's a uh, storage facility that has a workshop um, flex um, and office space in the front. And uh, we ha- it's all zoned and commercial uh, to do this. All of our, um, our crafts are done there. We have an industrial uh, equipment, um, t- a lot of different tools like table saws, band saws, um, and hopefully in the next month, we'll be able to uh, um, upgrade our facility and have an actual clean room to have all of our lasers and stuff like that in there. Right now, all of our lasers are still um, at my house. <laughs> uh, so whenever we do lasering, we have to do the crafts in the commercial workshop and bring it home and do the lasering and bring it back to the shop. Uh, so there's some uh, logistical challenges uh, when we do something like that. And we never really planned on having a commercial workshop like this early in our business. We always thought, we'll just do it in our garage, just be like Apple. And we just have a small uh, two-car garage with some tools. And then uh, this opportunity came up um, and we're like, oh, we can get a commercial workshop, get it all licensed and, and have everything there. And then we actually physically go to work. Like... Instead of just waking up and going downstairs and then doing stuff, sometimes that's like detrimental uh, mentality-wise of like, you know, now it's more like I'm physically going to go to work and physically do physical work. Um, and then you get that whole clear mindset. Um, yeah, for sure. I, at this point, have my office in the place in my bedroom. So there's like no separation. <laughs> I just spend all my time in the same like little little space but I am also part of a co-working space so I occasionally go there to sit next to other adults I don't really want to talk to them but I just yeah like to have other human beings who are not three feet tall around me <laughs> yeah I mean and that's that's the thing is is I tell people is when I when they ask us like you can still like the scale of what we're doing is that we can still manage our, our business in a commercial work uh, or in our home garage and be small scale but um, our plan is is to trying to grow this company to where it can be one, um, just expand and the scalability of things. So we're investing our time and effort right now, um, looking at not our needs right now. It's more or less looking at our needs for the next year or two, to the point where we have an extra one, two, three, four employees making stuff with us. Yeah, I um, imagine scaling a handcrafted product is very difficult. Yeah, it, it quite is. Um, so we're getting this into those, those uh, uh, crafting challenges right now. Uh, so right now, uh, Brendan uh, and I are the only ones that can handcraft chopsticks from start to finish. Um, we've got uh, our new hire. She's gotten the... Uh, there's this, this a three-step process. So she's got the first step down, and we're trying to train her to the second step. 
Um, and then my wife, uh, she's on the first step. Um, she's really fast at it. And then the second step, she's getting to it as well. Uh, so we work all side by side and try and get stuff. The only problem is that now I'm, I'm the crux of the whole, the, the whole business uh, for the chopsticks uh, for production. So at the very least, I can come in like, you know, like Batman and just save the day and just do the step two. And then they could finish step three. Um, and then Brendan, uh, unfortunately, he has uh, gotten, he's made too much chopsticks lately, so he's, uh, um, he burnt his hands out, um, so he has to uh, sit, sit out for another month before he can get back on that horse and making chopsticks. So now it's more of like logistical challenge, like, okay, well, we're down a worker, uh, because he made too much of the one thing and uh, um, hurt his hand, uh, so let's uh, um, scale things more, but uh, have more people involved. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also the challenges with handcrafts, uh, especially with something uh, as high dexterity requirement as ours, um, that we're not trying to blow people's hands off. Right. Uh, um, is, is more or less, we want to make sure that, you know, if we hire more people, they can do the tasks that we need, the business needs, which is making a hot item like our chopsticks. But we also want to make sure that, they're not doing some repetitive tasks eight hours a day and um, injuring themselves. Um, just like, you know, trying to get carpet tunnel by uh, typing too much in a day. We, we try to look at other projects and make them a hit as well, which we have. So, so our keychains, our bookmarks, um, earrings, things like that is now um, increasing in value in terms of being potential good hit items. And so that way we say, okay, here's the production schedule for the day is that, make chopsticks for two hours, make bookmarks for two hours, make keychains for two hours, uh, and really spread out the, the, the hand dexterity requirements of the day. So you're not making one thing and all of a sudden you're just going to keep moving your hands and, uh, and you know, after a while it's going to mm -hmm. hurt. Yeah, um, for sure. I, cause I, I mean, I'm on a computer all day, so I don't have a physical product, but even that, like I'm holding my mouth all day long. I'm after, even as after like two hours, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel good anymore. Right. I probably so you, get an ergonomic mouse or something. Well, I mean, even that is, it, it's, uh, um, you know, having a rest for your mouse uh, um, so you can actually rest your wrists um, is always good. Uh, the other thing is you can be wearing um, tight fit gloves. Uh, mm. So if you've I've never uh, seen that, um, it's basically, it's a form fitting glove uh, made with some sort of compression textile. Um, and that helps with blood flow in those areas, especially in joints. And one of my good friends, he actually had ran a company that uses specialized medical textiles based in the UK, uh, developed by this fancy engineer, biotech guy, really smart dude. Um, and then he made gloves, wraps, things like that. And he started targeting esport models. Uh, so he went to esport events, um, and then um, we tag teamed uh, for last year at some conventions. And so he sold uh, the the gloves for all the esport people saying, hey, if you start, if you play eight hours a day, you probably, you want to make sure you don't get carpal tunnel and here's a product that can help. And then, oh yeah, this guy over here sells chopsticks with jokes on it. You should probably <laughs> buy that too. Uh, so that's where, you know, things and, and also, again, I didn't rec uh, say this, but uh, my background is also, I did marketing for a medical company. So, and I didn't went to NC State doing textile. So I did textile engineering and I know all these people. So, I have a very wide variety of backgrounds and a lot of this ends up being overlapped to the point where it's comical of like, how, how much did I do? <laughs> yeah. And I think, but I think having all of that, you know, 
for you went you, you you know went to photography school you got your you did your marketing but like none of that has been wasted you've been able to get something out of all of it so that's that's encouraging <laughs> yeah I, I mean and the thing is is that I, I hold zero degrees. I went to all of these different schools and all of these different universities, but more or less, I went to them on the um, the quest of an understanding of just going to the schools to learn. I knew since when we were kids um, that we were going to. I was going to start a company in some sort of fashion. I had. Don't ask me that. I, that if I knew when I was when I was four that I was going to start a chopstick company. No, no, no. <laughs> I was more or less on the plan of. Like, hey, I'll go to school, I'll learn engineering, and maybe start an engineering firm or something like that. Uh, a very tiger mom, in, in, you know, imagined um, world. And yes, my, my mom wanted me to go to engineering or lawyer or doctor, um, the typical three. Uh, yeah, which never really surfaced. And yes, I still get hear, hear from that every day. I just ended up marrying a doctor, but not that kind of doctor, but she's happy now. My mom's happy now. So. I think my, my plan right now is to just make this business so successful that um, my university has to give me an honorary doctorate degree. And then at least I made that to the joke at one of the alumni association events uh, a couple months back and they laughed and, but I was serious. I was like, if you give me a, <laughs> if you give me a doctorate in engineering or marketing or whatever, I would totally teach for free. <laughs> and your jokes have a way of coming true. So Yes. Um, so when we do our business plans and we, we always, uh, or at least I look at the business plan and saying, where do we go from here? You know, and every weekend we excel, accelerate our, our plan of saying, Hey, we did well at this show. Maybe we should do three more shows like it. Um, and that's why we did so many shows last year. Um, and then this year we triple the shows and the next year, um, we have no idea what we're going to do for next year. Like, uh, so much stuff hinges on the next couple of months, uh, because we actually, um, grabbed a second workshop, uh, um, this month. So at the end of this month, we'll have a second work workshop production, um, and trying to get into the other side of our business, uh, which is bronze work. Um, that that's Brendan's crafts. Um, unfortunately, we have been so busy making chopsticks and woodcraft that he hasn't had time to do bronze work. And out of all of us, he's the only one who knows how to do it. So, uh, and it scares me that uh, the bronze work because every time that he does it, uh, um, there's always fire. Um, and I'm like Mr. Magoo when it comes to uh, fire. Something uh, always, or anything really, is is that something happens to me. And it's the stupidest thing. Um, like for me, whenever I do woodworking, I get splinters. Uh, uh, I get splinters everywhere. And it's just like, this, not even like the most typical way of like you holding wood. It's like I hold my, my phone and I get splinter from my phone. Or <laughs> I'll be at a show and I'm, I hold paper and then I get a splinter, like a wood piece that was in the middle of paper and I get it. And I'm like, everyone around me, my wife is like, how does that happen? You're supposed to get a paper cut. I have a splinter. There's a wood splinter. That's like an inch in and it just, they got me on my, so, uh, and then adding fire, uh, would, would not be, I, so I stay away from fire. Uh, I figured that would be the best course of action. So where can people find you in the next couple of months? Got any good cons coming up? Uh, so we have five events left of the month or sorry, not the month. Uh, <laughs> we have five events left for the year. Um, so we're actually going to be jumping over to West Coast 
um, and this week for KamuriCon in Portland. It's going to be our first show West Coast ever, which is a huge um, milestone for us. So since we're East Coast-based and logistics uh, usually planned is um, when you drive to shows or you fly to shows, the added travel cost is significant. So in our industry for cons... Um, doing flight travel for doing doing craft shows is almost impossible to do. And last or at the beginning of this year, I did a Chicago show where I flew to called C2E2. It's a very big show uh, run by Reed Pop, and it was a test to see if it was a, a if it was logistically possible to fly to shows with Arc small crafts and do a show and make money. And that was a huge success to the point where it revolutionized. Uh, our business plan of saying we can fly to shows like we're not mandated on the idea of driving to you know six eight ten hours uh, and going to these shows and trying to figure out costs now it's like okay if we fly to the shows now logistical challenges changes a little bit but we can still make these shows work um, so now we're going to be in Kamuri Khan uh, in Portland uh, this Friday Saturday Sunday coming up um, then we'll be doing some Christmas craft fairs, one in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, at the end of this month for Black Friday. It's our, it's our last and only normal market that we do. Everything else we do is comic and anime or Japanese blossom festivals. Um, and then we'll, we'll do, let's see, Yamakan is in Tennessee and Holiday Matsuri. And if you don't know anything about any of these conventions, uh, anime shows, or comic cons, I can tell you right now that Holiday Matsuri is one of the most fun shows, and it's in Orlando, and you're like a mile away from Disney. So we plan on making that as a company retreat and just stay there for a week and then do Disney, Universal, and just have fun. So That sounds awesome. So if somebody can't make it to one of the conventions, where can they purchase your products? They can go online to our website at twobrosandabard.com. Awesome, and, and I'll link that in the show notes. So thank you so much, Jeff, for indulging my nerddom <laughs> on this Monday morning and for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Have a good one, Jeff. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Executive Ante. You can find show notes, resource links, and more Ante rants at chiefexecutiveante.com. That's Chief Executive A-U-N-T-I-E dot com. Special thanks to Sue Ann Shaw, who mixed and mastered this episode and composed the music, Alyssa De La Rosa, who created the branding, and my distribution partner, Mochi Magazine. Check out more stories for Asian American women at www.mochimag.com. That's M-O-C-H-I-M-A-G.com. See you next time. Thank you.